0: Hi, and welcome to the pause podcast. This is Mari. I'm going to be running the show for us today, and today we're going to be looking at James 5. Um, but first, I want to say the pause was created to give you some space in your day to just get quiet and pay attention to your soul. So, we're going to do that now by starting to read James 5. So, we're going to read the whole chapter since it's the first time. We're exploring it, and Lindsay's going to read that for us now, and then we will dive into some more specific verses.
1: Awesome. So I'm reading from the ESV translation. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded, and your corrosion will be evidenced against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? and for 3 years and 6 months it did not rain on the earth then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit my brothers if anyone wrong if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins
0: okay there's a lot for us to cover in these next few I know. episodes So for now, I wanted to chat about verses 1 through 5. So going back to the beginning, I'm just going to review them quick. So come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are mothy and your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. Mm. Can we take a minute (laughs) and discuss the author of this particular section?
1: James, are you okay? (laughs) James? (laughs)
0: A uh, little concerned for you. This feels like it was taken. This doesn't feel like the same guy who wrote mm. those other chapters. This feels like it was taken from like Mad Max
1: <laughs> or the Hunger
0: Games. It's like <laughs> uh, there's this very powerful dystopian vibes yes. here. I feel like Lupita and would deliver some of these lines while like holding the severed head of Alec Baldwin or something like, your gold and your silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidenced against you and eat your flesh like fire. Fire. That's in the Bible. James just said that so casually. Mm. It's just like, I don't understand where this proletariat passion came from. In chapter four, James was like, Be peace-loving.
1: Wisdom. And now
0: he's like, (laughs) your flesh, you fatten your hearts for slaughter. It's just like, he comes in hot. Yeah, Yep. So my first reaction when anyone, including James, Mm. is ranting about rich people is to kind of just like skip over or ignore it. I'm like, that doesn't count for me. Like, Mm. you know what? I, I drive a Kia Sorento. <laughs> I love Olive Garden. <laughs> I have student loans. Like, that doesn't apply to me. Uh, like, mm. I grew up drinking Tang. Like, this is not the category I fall in. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, well, they're not talking about me. I'm not rich.
1: Hmm.
0: But if James has taught me anything so far, it's to pay attention yes. to things that I would rather I mean, skip yep, over. Yep. Yeah. So... I decided to dig in. So James, so far, this book seems like it's all about how to live in response to who God says we are, the whole identity thing we mm. keep coming back to. And I think my my theory is the reason he's suddenly so fired up in this chapter is that because nothing blinds us more to who we are and what we need from God quicker than riches yes. do. Yep. Um so, like, James 1 is all about trials, right? Yeah. Trials, count temptations, yep. tests, how they're so great, and, like, we should count it joy because they help us to remain behind, to stay present in our circumstances rather than becoming our own source of ease. Ooh, I like that. Like, we yes. talked about yep. that in yep. one of the first episodes. Yep. So, if trials are what help us to stay present where yes. God is, then money, I think it is just the opposite. Yeah. Money creates ease, money erases trials, and I think there's a real danger there. Yeah, well, money the the, the power and also the danger of money. Well, money creates answers, or what we would think. Yeah, it's like the solution, yeah, right? Like you can buy your way out of most problems these days and probably throughout history. Mm. So, I think, and like this, there's a lot of tension in these verses. For me and I think for everyone. So I'm like, I want to kind of explore a few things, but I don't feel like this is an episode where I like it tied it with a bow. I just like, I, right. it's one of those episodes where we're like, scripture is mysterious and tense. And, you know, we're living in the process of God's kingdom come and we're not yes. there yet. So there's yep. brokenness and ugliness and tension. So yep. I I think what James is upset with is when people use money to create luxury, like the difference between luxury as opposed to abundance, I think was a concept okay. I wanted to talk yeah, about. Yeah, that's great. So I think abundance—the way that I have come to understand mm-hmm. it—is um, um, sort of that concept of if you got if you've got extra, build a longer table. You know how they say yes. that. Yep. Abundance is using your blessing to bless others. And. That type of riches, I think is biblical, yes and okay, yeah. what we're called to. yeah. And then there's that sort of subtle difference when it comes to luxury. So instead of building a longer table, luxury mm. would be in that saying would be building a higher fence. yes, would yep. be using your blessing to distance yourself with those less Around less you. fortunate. Yep. Yep. would be erasing your trials, creating distance, and um, insulating yourself from hardship. Yep. Um, and I think that that's especially dangerous and distasteful to the God who is near the brokenhearted when it creates exploitation. Mm. When it is dishonoring, using, and essentially trampling on and oppressing the poor. The, poor, yeah. the people who already yeah. are disenfranchised. So what does that mean for us, though, Mm. as we're sort of mulling over these uncomfortable concepts? How do we avoid this seemingly sudden wrath of James when it comes to money management? Because let's face it, like Mm -hmm. let's state the obvious. If you're listening to this podcast with your free time on a smartphone or a personal computer, you are already among the wealthiest humans on planet earth. You're already in the top 99% just from those, the fact that you have free time and a device. Yeah. So there's, I, there's tension there. Yes. And I think, I think when we're talking about what does that mean for us? What is James like leading us towards? I think one of the first steps is an awareness of who had to suffer for my ease Hmm. And I think that comes into play with concepts like fair wages, okay, yeah. ecological responsibilities, social fashion, local food. There's like a hmm. lot of movements going on now that address yes. that address um, the difference between abundance and luxury and that show that um, sometimes ease is costly in ways that we have yes. b- become blinded to. hmm so if on a gl- global scale, if we agree, on a global scale we're yes. rich, yep. there is a lot of exploitation that enables mm-hmm. us to live with ease. You know, budget-friendly clothes and food, on like the flip side, the dark side, is that they're often a result of unfair wages or conditions somewhere else on the other side of the world mm-hmm. where we don't have to see them yeah. or be confronted with them. Yep. And even like the way that we treat the environment. Yes, it impacts the poorest people first somewhere on the other side of the world like, where we we're not see. confronted with yep. it and it's really for me it's it's really complex and it's really confusing and i don't feel like i have a great answer i just want to lay it out that you know i could save money on my grocery budget and if i can do that even if it's at like a discount count store that maybe isn't from a local farmer then I have more money to give to my sponsor child. Yeah. Okay. But then, if I eat all organic from you know the the farmers market, then I don't have the extra budget to buy ethical clothing. Mm. And it's like there's all these trade-offs, and it's like where you can't it win. Like a scale.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like where can you win? And I'm not. I feel like I'm, I'm sure. becoming like a Debbie Downer, and I don't want to just no. be the be that person in the group. We can't be doing all the things and saving all the people all the time. It's impossible. Right. And compassion fatigue is a real thing. Sure. In oh, our yeah, generation 100%. with our access to all the problems yep. in the world. But I think what I want to at least address today is education. Like we said, being aware of mm-hmm. who has to suffer. Yeah. Suffer for our ease. And it's baby steps. hmm Yeah. So what do you think? Is it just... Are these just verses for corrupt hedge fund managers and sweatshop owners? Mm-hmm. Is it for like the very obviously exploitative rich? Or do we have a responsibility to check ourselves against self mm-hmm. indulgence in luxury? And what is defined as luxury in a global economy where the poorest people are without clean
1: water? Yeah. Yeah, I think um I think we all have a responsibility. Um and I can be so focused on the things I don't have that I don't always like turn the focus on like, "Oh my gosh, I own a home." Yeah. And that is an incredibly uh, that is a a gift and that is wealth. Um so I would never con- I'm the same as you, I would never consider myself wealthy. Yeah. Um and so yes, I this is our responsibility. This is not just for people on Wall Street. You know, this is for us. Um, But I think, I always say, I always wrestle with the tension, this maybe a bigger conversation of like, why was I born when and where? Yeah. And um, in my context, because I just, I have things that other people just do not have access to. Um, And that's a whole other conversation, but I don't want that to make me feel guilty. I actually want to make me that to make me grateful and to pour that out and not to hoard it. And to I like guess. spur to yeah. spur you to action. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess like, what do I think? I think we have responsibility to be aware of where our products come from, where our food comes from, like um, who suffered. What was your line? Like, who suffers for our ease? Yeah. I think we need to really wrestle with that question. Um, I think that's important. Um, and then I think I try to live at least with like hands open. Are like, palms open with what I have um, mm-hmm. and not hoard it. Um, I'm just aware of my money. Like, I think probably everybody is, but I am, like, can feel nervous about it or clinch it because I'm, like, what if I have an emergency? Yeah. My HVAC could go out. My car could go out. Like, I need to hold on to it. I don't want to live that way. Um, and so how can I live with an abundant attitude? Yeah. With, like— what's right in front of me. So, and I sponsor a child, a compassion child, which I have for like a really long time. He's 18 now. Whoa. Yeah, it's been like 10 years. That's really cool. But that's a whole other thing. But um, anyway, so that's a really, really cool thing to be able to see and contribute to that. It connects me with people around the globe, I think. But um, anyway, those are just some initial thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: I mean, I have some discussion questions and they're a little more... Zoomed out, I think, to yeah. just keep the discussion on um, personal responsibility yeah, and personal awareness of—I um, think that quote, I referenced it in two separate parts earlier, and I want to make sure the whole thing is out there. I don't know who said it, actually. I don't know where it's come from, but it says, if you have extra, build a longer table and not a higher fence. Yeah, that's good. Um, so I think— some of the baby steps towards adopting that attitude, the hands open thing you talked yeah. about with our lives and with our finances, is being aware of the extra. Mm-hmm. And so I've heard it said that the reason we budget isn't so that we can squirrel away one, money. Yes. It's so that we can be aware of- yes. Where there's margin, where there's extra so that Mm -hmm. we can continue to build longer tables, whether that means like the way you've established your, Lindsay has a screened in porch at Mm -hmm. her house and she's established as like a safe place of welcome. Like anyone Mm -hmm. who wants to talk to her, anyone who needs Mm -hmm. a place to run to, any of her students that
1: Mm -hmm. need
0: a place to belong, you're just like, it's Mm -hmm. always open. You can always go sit there. If I'm not home, I'll be home eventually. Like just go sit out there. That's a safe place for you. Yeah. and I mean, you had to pay for that screen in porch. Yes. Like you had extra yes. and yes. you used it to create a place of welcome. You didn't, yeah. that's cool. you know,
1: yeah, that's cool.
0: Um, self yeah. indulge or insulate yourself from Yeah, those that's students.
1: good. Yeah, that's good.
0: Um, yeah.
1: I think so. No. I, that's
0: my first question is do you, do you have a budget? Asking mm-hmm. the listeners and asking me, yes, like, do yeah. you have a budget?
1: Yeah. I do. I use a budget. Uh, I use Every Dollar. It's a really great app. You do? Yeah. It's a great app. Um, and. That helps me budget. Um, I don't always stay on top of it. I'll be up front. But um, it helps me see like, oh, I spent a lot of money on um, my personal or like clothing this this month or whatever. I had to budget myself with books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have books all the time, yep. which is, I think, a good use of money. But I think one area in my budget, though, that um, I was spending really um, carelessly at Starbucks. I love getting coffee. That's a treat. And it's part of your job. Yeah. I feel like you're always meeting with people. This is true. But then when I, um, we have like a budget to do that at the church, which is like super generous. Um, but on my own, like I have a, um, I have access to coffee at my house. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just would like go to Starbucks, which is not bad. I, that's a good thing. But I was like, I'm spending more money there than I'm comfortable with. And once I started, I put a budget on it. Hey, I'd like to not spend more than, I don't know, what it was, $20
0: um,
1: a month on this. And then um, once I did that, I stopped. I didn't buy any more drinks till the next month. And so that one was a cool, like, this is good, but, like, you could be spending that money in, like, some other places. Yeah. Because you have access to coffee at home. Starbucks coffee at home. Yeah. (laughs) So um, that was one example where I was like, I actually need to put a budget in place to help. Because um, I want to use that money for other things, you know, even if it's to buy a Starbucks drink for
0: someone else.
1: Yes, you know exactly. What I mean? Like yeah, if you're, exactly. there was
0: ever going to be hesitation yeah. for you there, or even mm-hmm. just like, oh, I would love to, but there, I don't have that, mm-hmm. you know, that ten dollars yeah. in my wallet that there right. was before. Now yeah. no. there will be. Yeah. Um, Drew and I use Mint dot com, which I okay. think is a different approach from every dollar. Every dollar you plan ahead on your month. Yes. And you plan per month for your yep. budget. Mint.com, you have a set budget every month, but it shows you where you've saved and you can take um, areas where you've saved and apply it to a goal. Oh, cool. Yeah, which oh, is I kind like of that. cool. Yeah, so it's I like linked that. to your bank accounts. Um, we can link out to these things if you're interested. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that is the beauty of there's a lot of not so great things that have come out of technology and a lot of exploitation that we could talk about. But I think one of the amazing things mm-hmm. about our generation and about technology and about our Um, growing global awareness we're aware of so much hardship but we're also coming up with these like crazy amazing creative ways to um ease the suffering of people or creative ways to um eliminate waste or to eliminate exploitation or to find um find um more compassionate solutions to problems we have. Or like for this is like a really, really simple, dumb example, but you talked about your book budget. Yes. I too needed to get a book budget. Because I I read for work. I I like yep. I buy a lot of books. And I just without thinking would buy a lot of them just on Amazon. Yeah, it's the easiest thing in the world. You just pop it in. Yep. Um, and then when I started being aware of my spending, yes, I started buying books secondhand. So there's a lot of bookstores around here, me, that do book trading. Oh, cool. Um, if you're in Nashville, McKay's is great. I'm mm-hmm. sure you've heard of it. But um, Thrift Books. Have you used Thrift Books? No, but you've talked about okay, it. Okay, thriftbooks.com. Yes. It's like you can buy books secondhand and then you get points for all the books you buy to buy more books mm-hmm. or whatever. But it is inherently green because, the books are printed on paper and the more we buy them mm-hmm. secondhand, the more trees we're saving, which is That's better awesome. for the environment. Yeah. But it also um, eliminates waste in a way that like buying things secondhand almost always is the better choice yeah that's great we don't want to fill up our landfills with these books that we read and then toss or whatever so yeah um yeah well just simple solutions like that that thriftbooks.com didn't exist until the technology age and i didn't hear about it that's
1: true until someone told me about it on instagram yeah and like speaking of books my mom raised us to um give give books away. And okay. so we buy books, like I buy books to give them away. And so my mom is like reads all the time and she's so generous with the book with her books. Like she'll buy a book, read it and then give it to me. Yeah. And so I like to do the same. It's like, "Hey, bar, my my house I like to to say I have like a like a million books. This is a library. Like take what you need. Um return it, but or yeah. pass it on, you know." Do and, people
0: return it. People never bring my books back. Um sometimes they do. For me. Um
1: I'll remember sometimes I'm like ooh I let that person borrow it because someone will ask me hey can I borrow this yeah um, and so I'll try to like get it back or um, but I have a, I have a couple books that are my favorite that I'm like I can't <laughs> I can't let these out of my sight <laughs> you can read it here you can read it here <laughs> it's that kind of library yeah. <laughs> but we buy to give to give
0: them away so yeah. that's um, those are just small simple examples yeah. but yeah. Um t- sort of related question number two, do you have a general money philosophy? I think you already said it is like the hands open thing. yeah
1: and I think on a like so a practical like how that actually is, is played out in my life um I I don't know I, I've articulated this like one time to somebody so I don't know if this is gonna make sense, but I think if I can buy something for myself that's extra, I should be able to do the same for someone else um what do and you so mean? so for example, I have a lot of, Um, students in my life who go on mission trips and who serve in other countries and who are raising money. And it's awesome. And I try to give to like every single one because I really want to pay and to help send someone out to impact the world. Um, And I'm like really passionate about that, Um, that I can't be there physically, but maybe my resources can through the next generation. So I try to do that as much as I can. And that's something I really believe in. When someone sends their little link to me, like yeah. I'm in. Like, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna support you. A more adoption or things like that. Um I really believe in that. Um, so that's like I'm continuously giving that. Um, uh, but I guess like if I can buy um, I don't know, AirPods or if I can buy that's a big purchase, but if I can buy um something indulgent on myself. I should be this, I should be generous towards other people in the same way I'm generous towards myself. I guess if that yeah. makes sense. And so, and I think the way that I like to do that is to give to people who are doing something really good. Yeah. So I think the generosity I want, as I'm articulating this, I like I want to be generous to people in the same way I'm generous to myself. That's my general money philosophy. No, I like that. Does it make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. So, um, yeah, mine isn't
0: so much a philosophy as this experiment I've been doing lately. Hmm. I realize that this could come across as like braggy, but I don't know another way to say it. Um, we, Since we moved to the city, we I mentioned this in another episode. I live in a, a, a low-income area and I'm faced with poverty more often than I had been in the past. Um, there are a lot of people struggling with homelessness in my area. There's a lot of
1: hmm.
0: refugees in my area. There's yeah. um, a few different neighborhoods with projects in them right near me. Um, and so I am faced with people, um, asking outright for Mm -hmm. me to be generous. Like it's a pretty blatant request. They're asking for money, um, repeatedly, whether it's coming door to door and selling magazines or, um, on the corner with a sign or, Mm -hmm. um, and I started this experiment where I was just trusting that, you know, God won't have me encounter anyone today that I, can't give to, and I was a little scared because it's like, what if I see 25 people today and they all ask me for money? Mm. So far, that hasn't happened. So I just decided, like, anyone that asks me, I'm just gonna give it to them. Oh, wow. Um, and it's actually harder than I thought because I pay for everything with my credit card, there's no app, yeah. there's no app for That's, that sort of thing. Yeah, I so it requires that. having cash, which, like is new for me. Um, and it, um, it requires um, a face to face close encounter with someone who mm-hmm. may make me uncomfortable. Like sometimes there's a um, mel- mental illness involved or there's a language barrier and I just, I'm introverted. And sometimes those interactions just make me nervous just cause I, I don't want to say the wrong thing or sure. just social interaction in general. And it, It is costly in that way, and I keep—it's not a money philosophy, but it's a money experiment, Okay, and it's been really cool to see that, like, on days where there's no cash in my Mm -hmm. wallet that I, like, you know, had to use it for something else or whatever, like, I don't run into anyone, but— on the days where I'm, like, out there, like, no, I have yet to run out of money and I have yet to be asked to give to the point where, like, I wouldn't be able to buy my children food. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's never—I think that's the the fear that we that's jump the, to when we consider yes. generosity. It's like, yes. but what if I'm— asked? What if I'm without? What if yeah. I'm forced to make the choice between my poor children and, like, hasn't happened yet. Mm-mm. Like, no. I've just been trying to say yes to everyone. So. Yes, that's good. Not I not like I that. not necessarily recommend that to everyone. Sure. As like a hard and fast rule, but it has been a like a posture. really interesting yeah. um, experiment. That like mm-hmm. so far, it's been amazing. I love that. Yeah,
1: I never carry cash. That's that's like convicting. I don't have anything to give sometimes. Yeah. Um. So that's anyway. That's another thought. But that's good. Okay, so let's move into mindfulness.
0: Let's get comfortable. Let's set aside this time to carve out some quiet in our busy days. Jesus often went off into solitary places to pray, so I don't imagine that he was talking the whole time. So, like him, we're going to practice the art of waiting and communing and listening. So, as you close your eyes and settle in, focus on your breathing, focus on the inhale and the exhale. As always, if and when you get distracted during this portion, there are no worries, it's inevitable, just gently bring your attention back to your breathing. So let's start by thinking back on the day. If it's morning for you, consider yesterday. And let's let our minds play over the highlights and the joys of the day relishing the moments and thanking God for each one. Now let's ask the Holy Spirit to be active with us in this next step as we do some soul searching. We need discernment and humility in our approach. Let's look back on the day and consider where we failed in seemingly big and small ways. The mistakes we've made, the people we've hurt, the shame we fed, the wonder we avoided, And let's specifically consider, if we can, our finances throughout the day, the way that we handled those. Let's have the courage to take a sobering look at the lows of the day. God promises that there is always more grace and forgiveness. So let's simply ask for that, trusting our good Father. And while we're at it, let's ask for wisdom and transformation to choose differently next time. Now, let's finish up by setting our sights forward on the day to come. Picture the things that you'll do, the people you'll see, decisions you'll make. Picture the Holy Spirit living in you, transforming you, and giving you everything you need for a life in holiness. Make some concrete resolutions to living more like Jesus throughout the day, especially in regards to your finances. And then when you're ready, open your eyes.
1: joining us today if you're looking for show notes to follow up on any references we may have shared you can find those in the episode description or by going to our website at www.thepausepodcast.com where you can also find links to our social media along with a handy guide to subscribing or leaving a review thanks for listening